Welcome, everybody, to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 2, Episode 15, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the Kent State Golden Flashes and their clash with the Iowa Hawkeyes on Saturday, and then the upcoming game versus the Colorado State Rams. Well, the number five, Iowa Hawkeyes, and, and boy, it feels good to say that, but it's so early in the year. We want to be saying that in, in October and November, too. So, you know, what do we know about the Hawkeyes so far? A really good early season resume with wins over ranked Indiana and ranked Iowa State. Uh, Indiana, though, they're now one and two, but they lost to a really good Cincinnati top 10 team on Saturday, 38 to 24. They gave up, Indiana gave up 28 second half points, turned the ball over four times. Penix Jr. threw three interceptions. So Indiana actually had more yardage in that game than Cincinnati, but they just could not overcome four turnovers. It's kind of in their story this year. And the other win for the Hawkeyes, as I said, was Iowa State, of course. Now they're ranked 14th, uh, I believe, going into Sunday. And you know they haven't really played anyone other than Iowa. They had a, a close win over UNI and then a drubbing over 0-3 UNLV. I see that Brees Hall got his first 100-yard game of the year against UNLV, and it appeared that Brock Purdy really bounced back and had a nice game at quarterback for the Cyclones. Well, let's talk about Iowa's third game of the season, a home game against Kent State. Well, it was the Tyler Goodson show for the Hawkeyes on Saturday. Iowa really controlled the ball against Kent State, but were kind of limited as far as big plays, other than two Tyler Goodson long TD runs. Well, Kent State was able to get some big plays in the passing game, but Iowa's bend-but-don't-break defense kept the golden flashes out of the end zone. Other than a, a five-play, 75-yard first-quarter drive that made the score 9-7, to a little, little too close for comfort at that point, but the Hawkeyes didn't let Kent State back in the end zone in this game. Iowa won the toss, elected to receive, and went on a nice first drive, but stalled out at the Kent State 42, punted down to the 10-yard line, Playing that field position game with the great weapon they have, Torrey Taylor, the punter from down under. And both teams traded some three and outs after that, and the Hawkeyes defense put two points on the board with a safety. Again, it was followed. Uh, the safety came after a 57-yard punt by Taylor to get that great field position, and the center snapped it over quarterback Dustin Crum's head. He was met by a swarm of Hawkeyes uh, when he grabbed the ball in the end zone, led by Lucas Van Ness, and Crum had no chance to make a play there. And another of Iowa's great special teams weapons set up the next possession after a 25-yard return on the ensuing kickoff. And on the third play of the drive, Tyler Goodson went 46 yards for a touchdown around the end. So Charlie Jones with a great return, Tyler Goodson with the, the big run. And that was a great call. The defense was thinking the Hawkeyes were going to try to run it up the gut on a third and one. And the ball was flipped out to Tyler Goodson. As Gary Dolphin, he likes to say, uh, he patty-caked the ball. Uh, he kind of bobbled it a little bit and then hauled it in and went the distance. Well, it didn't take long for Kent State to answer. They had a five-play, 75-yard drive, highlighted by a 48-yard pass and then a 23-yard touchdown pass. And, and it was just a really perfect pass from Crum to Kishun Abram, uh, who had Dane Belton right on his hip. But they, they got had a tight window, and they got the pass in there. Well, the Hawkeyes looked like they were going to punch it in again as they drove down the field, but Ivory Kelly Martin fumbled and the ball was recovered by Kent State. I don't recall on this play in particular, but some of the Hawkeye players just weren't tucking the ball in like they should. Hopefully they're going to see that on film and get that corrected. It's just you know that kind of attention to detail uh, that's needed, and turnovers are such a game changer. They can't afford to be turning it over like that. It was IKM's second lost fumble after losing one against Indiana. Well, both teams exchanged some punts. The Hawks were able to hold, but uh, and then Iowa went on a drive that took the 
clock down to about zero, pretty close to it. Ended the half with a 20-play, 95-yard drive for a touchdown, capped off by the five-yard touchdown pass to Sam Laporta. That play was reviewed, of course. It just seems like the refs wanted to do anything they could to keep this game close, but he was obviously in the end zone, and it was 16-7 to Hawkeyes going into halftime. On the first play after halftime, Kent State, or first drive, I should say, Kent State drove down the field but stalled after going for it on fourth and eight from the Iowa 35. You know, the drive ended with an incomplete pass, and then Iowa had to punt on the next possession, but it was just a ridiculous pay, play. It was a, a pass to Tyrone Tracy Jr. He had the ball. He had both feet down. He pivoted, turned, made a football move, uh, was brought to the ground, and the ball did move a little bit when his arm hit the ground, and the refs upstairs decided to review the play, called it incomplete. They overturned the play that was called on the field. It was just a horrible call. And I have no idea how you can overturn the call that was made on the field in that case. You know, it had been, if it had been called incomplete on the field, the replay should have proved that it was a catch. That's how bad this was. No idea what they were doing there. Kirk Ferentz wasn't happy at all about the call and the reversal. Both announcers were expecting it to, to uphold. And, and it was just a crazy reversal. And that was followed, of course, by a 15-play, 75-yard drive where it looked like Kent State was going to cut the lead to 16-14. to 14. But running, running back Brian Bradford, he was just a real load uh, to take down. Uh, they handed it to him. And he tried to reach over the goal, falling backwards as he was being tackled. At the one-yard line, he dropped the ball and was recovered by Riley Moss down to the end zone. Right place, right time. You know, keep playing until the end, and sometimes good things happen, and, and it sure did there for the Hawkeyes. Well, the Hawkeyes then took over, went on an 11-play, 80-yard drive that was capped off by a Tyler Goodson 35-yard run. And how Iowa was it to run the ball for a 35-yard touchdown on third and nine? It was a great play. Well, Iowa's fake punt that came later really had me scratching my head. I guess, you know, they took a five-yard penalty thinking that would lull Kent State to sleep, thinking for sure we're going to punt it. Hope they didn't have any kind of a punt-safe call on the defensive side, and and Kent State would just send everybody back to block, but it ended up being a three-yard pass from Torrey Taylor to Sam Laporta, and that wasn't going to get the job done on a fourth and nine. But, hey, the Hawkeyes got one more TD. Uh, it, it was a nice little drive and practice for that passing game. Tyrone Tracy Jr. caught a 14-yard pass. Nico Regani caught a pass for 48 yards down to the two-yard line. And then T. Good, he punched it in for his third touchdown of the day, and that was it. The Hawkeyes won 30-7 to over one of the top teams in the MAC, the Golden State or the Kent State Golden Flashes. So, hey, the Hawkeyes put up 418 yards of offense, very balanced attack with 212 in the air, 206 rushing. On the defensive side, uh, you know, Iowa gave up 185 yards passing and just 79 yards rushing against what's a, a considered a pretty prolific offense. And this Hawkeye defense is really good. They're getting valuable experience on both lines. And that defensive line, you know, was getting some good pressure, doing well against the run. And the offensive line looked a lot better on Saturday. And likely due in part to, you know, getting more and more experience, but also getting Kyler shot back in. Uh, guys are improving. They're, they're rotating guys. They were rested, but Kyler shot being back in that lineup was huge. And time of possession was a big advantage to the Hawkeyes. They had some long drives. Uh, they had 36 minutes time of possession to 24. 
and it's hard to beat Iowa when your offense isn't on the field very much. The penalties were a bit disappointed, eight for 73 yards, and the Hawkeyes, you know, that's pretty uncharacteristic for them. I will say the roughing the passer call on Logan Lee, I thought that was pretty questionable. He seemed to really let up and couldn't avoid hitting the quarterback and couldn't avoid hitting him high because the quarterback was was bent over, but I don't know. Um, I don't think that was one that they'll focus on as much, but definitely too many too many turnovers for the Hawkeyes in that game. Well, Abram, he was the main weapon for Kent State. He had six catches, 138 yards, and a lone touchdown. But the quarterback, Crumb, he's typically a dual-threat quarterback, but the Hawkeyes made him one-dimensional. He was 16 of 23, 185 yards, and minus 22 rushing on 12 carries. Of course, that includes sacks and the snap over his head, but Typically, he gets some pretty good positive yardage, and the Hawkeyes did not allow that. For the Hawkeyes, uh, you know, pretty positive to see 25 of 36 passing for Petrus. That's almost 70%. He had 209 yards, one nice TD pass to Laporta. Only 5.8 yards per attempt, but overall, a, a pretty nice day from Petrus. Missed a couple of passes he would want to have back, I'm sure. Uh, seemed to hit the check down guys a lot, but you know, he's getting more comfortable back there. He had a little bit more time in this game. Well, Goodson had 22 carries, 153 yards, three touchdowns, seven-yard average, so excellent day for him. IKM rushed six times for 19 yards, but he had two fumbles, one lost fumble. Um, and then he sat out for a bit, and Gavin Williams came in. He looked really good. Four rushes, 17 yards, had three catches for 14 yards also. And then LaShawn Williams rushed four times, so it's great to see those guys getting some minutes. Kirk Ferentz said glowing things about Ivory Kelly Martin after the game. Just got, wanted to give him some time off with the two fumbles and says he's confident in him. He'll be back in there. He mentioned he was a captain uh, for that game and just what a great, great individual IKM is. So, so he'll bounce back. We'll see him back in there, and, and we need him. He's an experienced player and a great, great running back. He's got all the tools out of the backfield. Well, Sam Laporta, he was the big target for Petrus. He had seven catches, 65 yards, and a TD. Tyrone Tracy had four catches. Nico Organi five. Good to see the wide receivers getting a little bit more involved in this game and getting more targets. On the defensive side of the ball, Jack Campbell was just all over the place. He had 11 tackles. Justin Jacobs had eight, followed by Kerner and Van Ness with seven apiece. You know, just look at some of these young guys that are stepping up. Jacobs is going to be a heck of a player. He already is. Joe Evans, Lucas, Van Ness each had two sacks. Zachton Valkenberg with 1.5, sharing the one sack with Jack Campbell. Terry Roberts got a lot of time on the defensive backfield. He's a really solid player. He's going to be a great starter for the Hawkeyes next year. Uh, this is really just becoming a great defense. No interceptions this week. They did give up you know, a few pass plays, but overall it was a really nice effort on the defensive side of the ball. And the young D linemen are getting more and more comfortable out there. You can tell that. They're making some big plays. They're harassing the quarterback, stuffing the run. Well, up next for the Hawkeyes, is Colorado State. Well, the Rams have really struggled this year until this past Saturday, notching their first win over Toledo. They hosted the South Dakota State Jackrabbits in Game 1. They're a good F FCS team in the Missouri Valley Conference, but Colorado State gave up 466 yards of total offense with 242 on the ground and a 42-23 loss. Next, they hosted Vanderbilt, and Colorado State lost 24-21, and Vanderbilt is an SEC school, but only sort of when it comes to football. They don't really play SEC football. Um, if you look at Vanderbilt, they had already lost to East Tennessee State in the first game of the season. 
and lost to Stanford 41 to 23 on Saturday. So now they're sitting at one and two with their only win over Colorado State. Well, Colorado State did play a little bit better defense in that game. They only gave up 342 yards in that loss to Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt is not really a juggernaut on offense. And Colorado State had a pretty balanced attack in that game, and they, they came close to pulling one out, but they bounced back for a win over Toledo on the road, 22-6, to despite only passing for 110 yards. One receiver had 109 of the yards. I believe he had nine catches. Two other receivers each had one catch for a total of one yard. Kind of a crazy stat. You win a game with 110 yards passing, 109 yards to one guy. Um, but they did have a 100-yard rusher in that game as well. And Toledo is now 1-2 and two with a win over Norfolk State. Uh, and just a three-point loss to Notre Dame. I mean, what was Notre Dame doing in that game? Um, Toledo, I think, put up 29 points or something like that against Notre Dame and, and just six against Colorado State. So what's coming to Iowa City on Saturday? It looks like a just a not very good team and should be an easier win than Kent State. Kent State really had some talented athletes on that team. Really like some of their offensive players. I like uh, Kent State's coach, Sean Lewis. He played football at Wisconsin. He's the youngest head coach at the FBS level. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the MAC now with that, with that offense that they run. And Colorado State has a pretty good football tradition, but they're in a bit of a transition right now. They've got a new head coach, Steve Adazio. He was hired in December of 2019. He's been a head coach before. He's, he's been the head guy at Temple and Boston College in the past. He's a former offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators under Urban Meyer. Um, but they only played four games last year in one and three, and now sitting at one and two coming into Iowa City. Well, I think this will be another great opportunity to keep getting the offensive line, defensive line, that much-needed experience, uh, getting Kyler shot back in that rotation solidly, keep Tyler Goodson rolling with the football, you know, getting more experience for Spencer Petras back there, Hopefully a few more down-the-field plays, passes against Colorado State, uh, work on some different scenarios, have some uncomfortable situations to have him work out of. Uh, Petrus seems to be improving. I think he's going to be a good guy back there, but we're going we're gonna to really need him in some of the big games coming up. Well, I'm picking the Hawkeyes to win 45-10. to 10. I had the Hawkeyes getting 45 points last week, but they only got 30 on the board. I do think they'll get more points after having a nice week of work here. Um, you know, they put together some nice long touchdown drives, and I think the defense is going to get a, a couple of takeaways on Saturday as well, and that's going to help generate some points. You know, there were just so many young guys who got some playing time on Saturday. I mentioned the running backs, Williams. Also saw Arlen Bruce, the fourth on the field a lot, and the defense got to play a lot of young guys. Some backups late. Jay Higgins got a tackle. Xavier Williams was on the board with a tackle. Um, all those guys rotating on the line. They seem to be getting better and better. They're, they're getting some good penetration, pass rush, and, and they're shutting down the running game. So really happy with what's going on there. I, I mentioned Terry Roberts. Um, you know, he, he's doing a great job in that defensive backfield. So just a lot of depth for the Hawkeyes right now, a lot of great young players. They get one more game, you know, to get additional experience on the field against – you know, a, a Division One opponent. So uh, I think it's going to be a big win for the Hawkeyes before starting back up in the Big Ten with Maryland in a couple of weeks in a road game. So let's get another W for the fifth-ranked Hawkeyes to move to 4-0. Until next time,
Go Hawks!